0: Welcome to the Connect Raleigh podcast, where you hear the stories, the people, and the places that make Raleigh, North Carolina, the best place to live. As one of the most connected people in town, real estate and networking expert Chuck Belden leverages his connections to introduce you to all the reasons why Raleigh is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. If you've lived in Raleigh for years or are thinking of moving here, this podcast is for you. It's local, it's authentic, and it's time to connect you with your host, Chuck Felden.
1: Hey, hey, welcome back to the Connect Raleigh podcast, friends. I'm excited you're here. And as always, I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to be here. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Well, <laughs> maybe I would. It is... 90 degrees and sunny in June in North Carolina. I absolutely love it. I, I, you know what? I would probably love it. It was a little bit cooler, but this works. Went for a three-mile run in my neighborhood just a little while ago. And I love running in hot temperatures. I don't know what it is. I think I just like the extra level of pain and suffering for some reason. I don't know. I'm sure that's problematic. Probably need to talk to a therapist about that. I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, got a great episode today. Had a really fun conversation with Michelle Johnson, who just opened up a do-it-yourself studio in Durham. It's called Nailed It DIY, and it's a uh, it's it's a chain. They've got multiple locations. This is her first location. But we were connected through uh, another friend of ours, Erica Berger, put us in touch and thought that uh, we would hit it off. We, she likes to network. She just opened a new business, thought maybe there'd be an opportunity for us to connect and, and, and maybe with my network to, to help her get some exposure as she is just starting out on her entrepreneurship journey. She's got a unique business and it would be something that maybe I could help uh, get some new people interested in what she's got going on. And so that's kind of what led to the podcast. We had a really great conversation. I got to learn more about her and her family and that she, uh, she originally moved here from West Virginia, but she's been here for years and years and years, I think something like 20 years or so. And we get to talk about all of the fun things she loves about living here, the differences between here and West Virginia, um, the growth that she has seen in the Durham area since she's been here. She moved to Durham, Chapel Hill area the South Point area years and years and years ago before there was really a South Point area. And now that place is, is on fire. South Point malls there. There's tons of great restaurants and shops and things going on in the surrounding areas, super close to the highway and the universities and just a a really great area. But we had a, a fun conversation. I'm excited to bring it to you guys today. And if you connect with this conversation, if you, if you connect to Michelle, Definitely check out her studio. You know, check it out online. You can find it online at durham.naileditdiy.com. And what's really cool about what they do there is you can do an individual event or you can set up a group event. And pardon me. So, what's really cool about her studio is that you can set up an individual event or a group event and You can predetermine what project you want to make. They do, you know, these home decor woodworking crafts and everybody can do something similar or something different. It's kind of like wine and design, but with power tools as she describes it. And you can set it all up online. You can book an afternoon, an evening, a weekend, whatever works for your schedule. And um, there's some great takeout places right next door. She allows you to bring in food and drink. And it sounds like just a really wonderful time. So if you're in the Durham area, check out Nailed It DIY. And if you're, if you're here in the Raleigh area, Durham, Triangle, and you're interested in what's happening in the real estate market, maybe you're considering moving here. Maybe you already live here. Um, you know, I try to drip in a little bit of real estate information here and there. I don't want this to be a real estate podcast. I want this to be a podcast about living in the triangle. But along with that, And because it's what I do for a living, it's kind of hard to not bring up, you know, real estate market information and share data with you and share my preferred vendors with you and try and give you um, some help and some tools in that department, if that's what you're looking for. You know, I tried to turn it off for a long time. People were asking for it. So here we go. And so I was looking back just recently at, you know, our data is like a few weeks behind. So I was looking at market data for may so i could give you an idea of what's been happening in the triangle here this spring mostly may and and what that looks like nationwide and you know i'm not a national real estate agent i don't i don't do business everywhere i do business here in north carolina but things have slowed down nationally i think higher interest rates are continuing to uh, hurt buyers Um, sales are down like 20 25 percent from this time a year ago nationally. Um, But some parts of the country aren't experiencing that at the level, you know, the national statistics show. And I think Raleigh, the triangle is one of those areas. We're continually going to be not as impacted because I believe of our low unemployment, our, our tech jobs, our pharma jobs, our RTP, the Research Triangle Park, you know, basically the Silicon Valley of the East Coast because of the government headquarters here, because of the major universities, because of the climate. There's so many things that are drawing people here. The demand to live in North Carolina and the triangle specifically is so high that we won't feel or we aren't feeling rather that national impact. As much as others, and I remember in 2008 when I started in real estate, we were kind of like, you know, this is my opinion, but we were kind of like one of the final areas into the recession and one of the first ones out. So our pain, if you will, was 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 less than I think many people experienced. And so buying and selling real estate in the triangle, or rather buying and holding real estate in the triangle, in my opinion, is going to be or can be a very less risky investment compared to most places. Okay. Not giving you investment advice. And I'm not saying there's no risk because there always is, but historically speaking, buying real estate in the triangle has been a good move. Okay. So it's different from what you're seeing out there nationally here specifically in the triangle. Um, our sales did go down in May compared to May a year ago. May a year ago was kind of like the last really super strong month coming out of the whole COVID, you know, crazy real estate market. So we we're down compared to last year. Um, our inventory is up a little bit um, and prices were a tad soft. You know, they were they were stable. They weren't shooting through the roof like they were for two and a half years. Um, but our median sales price is still quite strong. It's 410000 Okay, that's still a strong median sales price. Just, you know, a few years ago it was well, well, well below that. And so, but that's still fairly affordable all things considered. Our days on market, how long it takes to sell a home is up to 22 days. 22 days is not a lot of time. You know, during the two and a half months, the two and a half years rather of the crazy, you know, COVID market, we were selling homes in hours. That that's not to be expected. When I first started real estate, it was like 100 days. We're at 22 days. That is still a very strong seller's market. But buyers also have felt empowered because inventory's gone up a little bit. Okay. Now, interest rates are fluctuating, they're back and forth. That keeps some buyers on the sidelines. I get it. You know, and the shortage of inventory is also blaming kind of this slowdown here. Um, But I think the biggest difference or the biggest factor that's in. Uh, contributing to our lack of inventory right now because home builders are getting caught up. One of the main things that's contributing to it is 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 sellers not wanting to sell right now. Either they bought at a very low interest rate or they refinanced within the last couple of years at a very low interest rate. And where would they go? If they've got to sell their house and buy a new one, the interest rate is likely almost double from what it was and home prices are higher and so where do they go? Is that a lateral move? Are they, are they moving down? So that's the biggest question right now. So that's what I'm looking forward to getting some clarity on And our market, kind of balancing back out a little bit. Interest rates hopefully are going to be stable for a while, hopefully come back down. And I think we can get back to some sense of normalcy. But that's my take on the triangle market right now. I hope that helps you. Um, but really what we're here for, let's jump into our conversation with Michelle. All right, Michelle Johnson. Welcome to the Connect Rally podcast. How are you today?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you?
1: I'm great. I'm I'm glad you're here. I know it took a little bit of coordinating with uh, my schedule, so thanks for your patience. But I'm I'm glad we're here, and I'm glad that Erica Berger uh, put us in touch. And I, Erica's just one of the best connectors ever. She's amazing. I love her, and uh, she suggested we have a conversation. How how well do you guys know each other?
2: Oh, gosh, Eric and I go way back. Uh, Our husbands work together at um, a law firm. Um, And so we kind of knew each other through our husbands and only saw each other really at events. But we had a lot in common. So we would get together outside of our husbands (laughs) seeing each other. And we've just remained friends. And so, uh, you know, lunch with her one day and I was like, hey, you know, I started this business. And, um, just wanted to pick your brain and see if like, maybe you have some, um, upcoming events you'd like to plan for your company. And once I realized what she does, um, it wasn't a good fit because everybody she works with is from out of town and they work remotely, but she started connecting me with different people around the triangle and it has been so valuable. So I'm very thankful to Erica.
1: She's really good at that. And I mean, it's just genuine, you know, and, and, um, you know, everybody loves her and she loves helping others out. And, um, I'm, I'm just grateful to know her and grateful to know Mike and Mike and I just did a podcast, which was a lot of fun. And we just cool. saw them both in Wilmington a couple weeks ago at Dave Matthews. Dave band Matthews concert. Yeah, yeah. Do it. yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're,
2: they're cool.
1: Big fans, big fans. Yeah. Well, that, no.
2: big fan of that, that Dave Matthews band, uh, I guess it's not in the band, but he did a wine.
1: Oh <laughs> the yeah. Wine. The dreaming tree
2: it is so good
1: it it's is so, good yeah. he's a he's a wonderful dude like i i keep thinking that we should be best friends and one day he's just going to give me a call and be like hey chuck i've heard all about you you know come to the <laughs> vineyard and hang out
2: <laughs> you could be like let's do a podcast
1: <laughs> I, we, 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 we will have to do a podcast for sure we'll probably hang out listen to tunes um drink some wine uh you know he'll teach me guitar We'll probably just hang out and share stories and our hopes and our dreams but yeah i bet you one day we'll do a podcast too i mean it's just seems right right
0: exactly
1: (laughs) right
2: what you do Uh, it's what he can do
1: that's right that's right i mean we're bffs but anyway um back to you you know so you know you you just opened this business and you're and you're talking with erica and she's putting you in touch with people that's how we make this connection i want to learn more about the business so you've opened a diy studio in durham is that right
2: it's a DIY studio. So we are the ultimate DIY experience. We help you turn raw wood materials and make a sign. It can be a gift. It can be home decor. It can be something seasonal, personalized. Um, but we walk you through steps of making that by using power tools. And so
1: <laughs> in a setting Sounds where awesome. you
2: wouldn't normally get to use a power tool, uh, we you can come in and we can show you how. And hopefully you leave feeling more empowered and with a sign or home decor that you aren't ashamed to put up at home
1: and that is i mean like that's that's the thing right now right i mean like for the last few years i've been seeing more and more of the you know the home wooden decor like people are selling it everywhere. I mean, as a real estate agent, it's been a it's been a gift, a closing gift that a lot of us have done in the past. And is that kind of is that right? Is it really a recent thing? The last four, five, six years? Or does it go back longer and longer? Like what's the what's the history of this DIY? Wood I, feel
2: stuff? Like it, I feel like it's been going on a lot longer. Uh, it was founded in 2014 in uh, Fort Mill, South Carolina. Uh, sorry, Rock Hill. They have a sister store in Fort Mill, but um, I am store number 32. So it has been around for a little while. Um, and while before the the pandemic changed a lot of stuff, um, you know, people were coming in to make those personalized signs. We do have realtor gifts that you can uh, buy for your clients, closing gifts. Um, but I think we're starting to pivot and look at different ways, um, to include people and bring them into the studio, uh, looking at partner events. So we just offered, uh, an epoxy resin pour, um, where we had a, somebody who does that for a living or as a hobby, I guess, but she sells her own pieces and she came in and helped us learn how she mixes epoxy and you can create color and different techniques, um, and we'll be doing that workshop again. We've partnered with another new business, R3 Wellness to make uh, Zen Gardens. So you build the frame and then um, she walks us through the steps of putting the sand in there and, and choosing crystals that are appropriate for what you're looking for. Um, we hope to do more uh, partner events um, involving the community and supporting other small businesses, um, but also learning a different trade, You know, like the epoxy resin pour, or learning about healing crystals and holistic health. Um, it's not something you would typically typically go to a DIY store and learn about, but we're trying to bring um, the community in and partner with other, other businesses.
1: All right. I, I need a little bit more detail on the epoxy resin pour. I have I don't know what that is. So tell me more. I'm picturing how I've seen some people do that with uh countertops to make them That's look right. like they're granite or quartz or something like that. Is, am I on the right track here?
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a marble look. Um, yeah, so okay. you mix two different kinds of chemicals together to create a, um, a runny substance. And when it heats up, then you can pour it on top of a board. So we took boards. It's mainly, mainly like the size of a cutting board. And we used half of it to pour the resin and mix colors in between. And it created like a beach scene. And then we heated it up and it would harden and look glass-like. So that's where you might get that um, marbly granite-like effect. Um, But she kind of showed us how to do that. So you might see charcuterie boards that have that on it and they might have handles. uh, And that's what we did. We did just like a serving tray and half of it was done in like a beach scene. And it looked so realistic with the foam and it was just really pretty, the mix of the blue and the green. Um, But there are pictures of it on our website.
1: So how did did you get into this? Is like DIY always been your thing or was this something new?
2: I was afraid of a drill. My husband had to get him. You got to hang this for me, and needs an anchor. And he was like, "You know how to learn how to do this?" I'm like, "You, if you can take care of it, I'm not going to worry about it." So I went just really was not um, a DIYer, but I love to decorate. I like to come up with ideas on my own. I may not know how to get there, and felt intimidated by that. Um, but when I wanted to open my own business uh, there was an opportunity for a DIY uh, store and I was like wow that does sound like a lot of fun so I started researching the different companies and I loved nailed it because it had a more of an open concept so if you walk in our studio we have 30 stools that sit around a bar and then we have our um, art tenders it's kind of like bartenders but we pour paint instead of alcohol um, that can help the customers around the bar so this leads to people walking by and just coming in and having a seat and chatting with me totally fine walk in and want to do an appointment we can do that too but if you want to schedule something like a corporate event or a fundraising event or team building or a kid's birthday party we have the ability to do that as well um so i really like that sense of community that it it brings to the studio very laid back i didn't when we um my husband and i were transforming a nationwide insurance office into the nailed it um studio um we didn't even bother doing anything with the floors. We pulled up the carpet, scrubbed off all the glue, and it's okay if you spill your paint on the bar mm-hmm. or on the floor. No big deal.
1: So. That's the way a DIY shoot studio should be. I think, at least, not if I'm going to be invited there, it needs to be as uh, um, allowed to make you know errors as as, as it can be. <laughs>
2: That's right. And we want the customers to feel welcome to ask questions, to try. It's okay to make mistakes. I had a party the other night and there was a couple in the studio and we were getting ready to make a a stack. And so we're putting it together and I got the braces on the back and I'm showing her how to use a nail gun. And I um, wasn't thinking and we nailed her project to the bar. No problem though. Just (laughs) fried it off, pulled that nail out. And then we, we continued with the staple gun, but we all make mistakes, but I want you to feel comfortable coming into our studio and learning, having fun while doing it.
1: Wow. So nail guns are involved. All right. nail
2: guns. We got staple guns, sanders, uh, hammers and drills. So lots of fun.
1: What has been like, you know, you don't have to call out anybody unless you want to, But like who has made like something you were just like really blown away with or the quality of something? Has anybody really surprised you with their DIY skills?
2: That's a good question. And I might surprise you with my answer. We did our very first spring break kids camp and I have summer camps coming up too, but um We made display projects and I'm always trying to stay towards neutral colors because if somebody comes in to buy a retail piece, I want that to fit in anybody's home. So it wouldn't be like a turquoise and pink or something like that. So when it came time to do the the kids camp and the kids are choosing their colors, the most popular color was like this bright turquoise color for the background. And I'm like, oh, wow, that doesn't go with a lot. They use it with white, with navy, with gray, with a Carolina blue. It was interesting to see the color combinations they had and how great the projects turned out because they don't have that reservation that adults might have to say, oh, this won't go with or this doesn't match. They just want to express their creativity and that is seriously what they did and I might show them a way to, um, you know, paint something that just might be two colors and instead one will be like well what if I made it more like an ombre? And we started with orange and then went to red and then yellow. And I, am I, you know, to me, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know how that's going to look in your room, but they went for it and it looked really good. Um, But I was surprised by how, by how creative the the kids were during the camp. And I, I just loved it. So they surprised me for sure.
1: That's cool. I like that. And what about, so you mentioned if someone comes in for a retail piece, so you have pieces for sale that somebody else has made. What's that? What's the retail piece?
2: So retail are all the pieces that me and my staff have made to sell in the store, too. So um, sometimes people will finish the projects early or maybe they're not in the mood to do a project and need to just pick up a gift really quickly. They can come in the store and shop. So we've handmade all of the retail pieces. I'm also supporting other local businesses and selling um, candles that are made by Wicked Weave out of Hillsboro. And um, there's a girl, Diamond, who hand pours um, soaps, all natural soaps. And I sell those in my studio as well. And then I might throw in like some cheeky little uh, coasters or um, stickers that I, I buy um, on fair. But they're just, they were just too cute. But I make things from tea towels to Durham signs, Raleigh signs. Um, bottle openers or dog leash holders, really cute stuff. You have to come by and see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, you know, the podcast is called Connect Raleigh and I, I take crap for this a lot, but um, you know, Raleigh surrounding area, triangle, Connect Raleigh just sounded better. Plus I do so much in Raleigh, but today we're talking about Durham. How did you, how did you end up in Durham? Have you, how long, first of all, how long have you lived in Durham?
2: Oh, quite a while. So my husband went to law school at UNC. And at the time, we couldn't afford uh, an expensive apartment in Chapel Hill. So we traveled on down 54 right into the South Point area. And this was before South Point Mall was even built. Um, And I thought I was living out in the middle of nowhere. uh, And I came to discover that they were breaking ground that fall on South Point Mall. And then this area has totally grown because it was like a two lane road down Fayetteville from I-40. And I couldn't even see where the nearest grocery store was at because of all the trees and stuff, which is a nice thing about this area. Um, but I later found that that it was a, a, a blossoming area and we were centrally located to go downtown Raleigh, go to Durham. It was yeah, not far from Chapel Hill. So we've been here since 2001 and just never left.
1: Yeah. And so, wow, I can't even picture, I mean, that, that area is so blown up right now in such mm-hmm. a hot area. I can't even imagine what it looked like right before the mall was built and everything.
2: A lot of trees, a lot of trees.
1: I mean, that's <laughs> one of the beautiful parts about living here in the triangle is everybody that comes to visit is like, Holy smokes. Like there's so many trees. It's so green here. And I think that's one, one of the first things people notice when they come here.
2: I agree. I agree because you can drive <laughs> down it like going into chapel Hill or going into Duke, um, you, you drive with these these trees like overlaying the road right like so it's like you're driving through a tree tunnel and that is the most my favorite parts mine too yeah and um both towns are really pretty and durham i mean uh raleigh has the same thing with the big oak trees and mm-hmm. i love how they've incorporated that into public spaces and all these little towns
1: you, you know it's it. it It ever anywhere I go where the trees are older more mature and they have grown up over the tree like that that tree line street look I don't know what it is about that. But there's some nostalgia that hits me every single time I see that and i'm like I got to live on the street, I got to live on this street and i'm just constantly feeling that way I love that look.
2: Now, for you, does that um, take you back to a childhood home? I think it
1: does. I think it must, because I grew up in a really small town in northern New York, and it was an old, old, old town, and the trees were hundreds years old. Homes were 100 years old, and I think that's got to be what it is, where some of those just old oak trees have just grown up, and kind of, they've just covered the street.
2: Okay, because I grew up. in the mountains of West Virginia or hills, I guess you should say technically, but um, I felt like those mountains and hills kind of protected you and um, a lot of trees there too. But here uh, again, reminding me of, of home too, you know, just being protected by those trees. But I just, I love the the nature and how there's so many areas that are untouched still. So even though we're growing and growing and growing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you moved here from West Virginia and, um, I don't know if I know anybody else from West Virginia other than you right now. So what was it like Um, growing up in West Virginia and moving here?
2: Growing up moving here, hmm. I think my biggest shock, uh, culture shock, was going from my small town in Southern West Virginia to Morgantown, where I went to college, and that's where I met my husband, so at West Virginia University. Uh, And there are so many transplants here. I'm surprised I'm the first you've met, but- um, I think so. Yeah, so we have a huge alumni association that meets in RTP. Really? watch football games, basketball games. Um, I found that West Virginia has one of the proudest states. You know, we don't have an NFL team, so it's West Virginia University.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah.
2: But um, I would say, you know, the biggest thing here is learning uh, about all the different people from different backgrounds and different cultures. So I'm Filipino-American and there is a Filipino-American association uh, that meets in Raleigh. Again, one of the great things about living in this, this town, this area, Um, but you know, you meet so many different, different education levels, different backgrounds. Um, I've met people from Iran from, I mean, I just wouldn't do that in in West Virginia. So that was a big change for me, but I've embraced that and learned so much. Um, yeah, I think that's what I like about, you know, the, the difference in living there and here.
1: How, how, how large was the town you grew up in?
2: Oh, 9,000 people,
1: 9,000 people. Yeah.
2: I think that's what the last census said. When I grew up, it was probably 13, but like the economy has kind of gone down in that area. So,
1: and and now you walk into South point mall any day and there's 10,000 people inside of there.
2: Yeah. It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) that's a big
1: change, but, but how big is West Virginia university? How big is that? How big is the school?
2: Uh, you know, I really don't remember. Um, I want to say they have like 35,000 in the, uh, freshman class. So wow. what? It's, a big university. <laughs> it's like, I think the stadium holds like 60,000. Uh, and then they've mm. done upgrades. I mean, it's a big school and it's yeah. a big party school. So again, it was a big culture shock and I had to get my act together after my first semester and, and really concentrate on school. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very much a, um, an extrovert and I love to be around people. So the more people, the better, um, Coming to North Carolina was good for me because, again, meeting so many different people and um, lots of things to do. You're never bored. There's always something to explore. Uh, That's what I like about North Carolina.
1: Yeah, me too. You know, I, so I grew up in this small town in Northern New York and it was very, um, very white and very blue collar. Yeah. It was everybody was about the same. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Colorado and it was very white and very white collar and then i moved from there to baltimore and it was very different experience altogether but i never found a place until i moved here where it was in my what i experienced was a very diverse place but it was also very welcoming it felt like it felt like there was so much diversity but at least what the groups i run in it's it's everybody's very cool everybody's very good together everybody is 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 grateful for that experience in baltimore it felt very divisive in Vail, Colorado, it felt that as well. I didn't, I didn't know I was experiencing that when I was growing up, but when I think back and I look around, like everybody looked like me.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, I've, I've had the same experience in, in North Carolina. You meet a lot of blue collar workers. You meet a lot of, um, business people. Uh, I love the startups that are around the area and learning about them and how they grow and become big and bigger. Um, but you're you're rubbing elbows with those people at the coffee shop or maybe at South Point Mall or sitting by them in a movie. And I don't feel intimidated by that. You don't know who's who, but everybody's just as friendly. Yeah. People open the door for you here, they say thank you, they signal and let you go first. I mean, it's just that's a that's different than what you would find in some other places. Cause I've lived in in um Pennsylvania too, and in, in the north you know, quote unquote North, um, it is just, it is different. You just feel like you don't know anybody and you're just kind of another number. Whereas I don't feel that way here in the triangle.
1: Yeah. Did you go to school for business or entrepreneurship or what did you, what did you study in school?
2: (laughs) It was journalism. Um, I concentrated on advertising and marketing. Um, but I, I got a minor in business. Um, I don't know that, Much of that has really helped with what I'm doing with Nailed It. So I'm not sure (laughs) that it translates, but I can say that all my life's experiences have put me in the right place at the right time because there are things that I've done. Um, so I've, I've worked at UNC for a really long time before I had kids. Um, and then a more recent job just working for a church and doing event management. Um, All these little things that I've done throughout my life, I feel like came together with starting this business. So, you know, those things I've learned from mentors, from other bosses, coworkers, um, and then the people I've met along the way, you know, I've reached back out to them to say, Hey, I remember that you do this. Could you help me? And it's worked. You know, they're always willing to help.
1: I, um, I went to school for exercise science that has literally nothing to do with anything I've done in the last 20 years. (laughs) <laughs> 25 years, probably, you know, and um, so I get it. And I love how we can look back over our lives and and see all the different things we've done and the steps we've taken and the steps forward steps back and how it all contributes to I mean, if you allow it to contributes to what, what we're doing in this current moment are all the learning lessons. And so did you did you dream of being a business owner when you were younger or oh just gosh. kind of found yourself there or?
2: You know, I've never known, like, what kind of business do I want to have? So I've dabbled a little bit in, like, I sold Mary Kay when I was first moved to North Carolina because I met a group of women and felt very connected with them. Uh, They were fabulous. Um, Erica and I shared a a passion for uh, renewable stuff and less chemicals in our home. And she was interested in Norwex. Well, I got involved with Norwex and started selling that. And so trying these little businesses from home didn't seem to really fulfill that need to have that business. So it was in the pandemic that really changed um, my outlook. I was like, gosh, I'm 40 some years old and I still haven't, open to business. I don't know what I really want to do. And my current job, just, I felt like there was something missing. Not that anything was wrong. I had a good work-life balance. My kids were loved it at work. Um, but I just felt like there was something more to do. And that's whenever there was an opportunity to buy another DIY workshop. And I was like, I think I need to look into this more. And I looked around my house too. I was like, gosh, I have so many handmade signs that I've done maybe this is the thing. And the more thought we gave it, the more excited I got. And, um, I have a very supportive husband and he kind of helped me walk through the steps of how we could make that a reality. And, um, we looked at the numbers, we looked at, you know, money you would have to borrow and how much money we could possibly make with it. haven't gotten there yet, but, um, it's possible. And so, you know, I have my goals every month that I try to reach. And when I fall short, I look at ways I can try to fix that for the next time and where I can put more ad money and, you know. So it's just, yeah, it was coming to a point where I'm either going to do it or I'm not. And we pulled the trigger and here I am almost a year later after signing that franchise agreement.
1: (laughs) All right. So what's, I've got two questions, but they go together. So, uh, what has been, um, the most fun thing, the most fun part of owning the studio. And then at the same time, what's been your biggest challenge so far?
2: So I think the most fun has been being part of the South Durham community. So in South Durham, which is the South Point area, we're not we're right near RTP, um, but we're not downtown. We're not close enough to Chapel Hill. We're just on the border of Cary. We're not downtown Raleigh. It is its own little entity, and I love this place, and this is where we've lived ever since we came to North Carolina. It was off of Fayetteville Road in in some apartments, then we bought our first house, then we built this house that we're in, and we've been here for 10 years now, but um, I know the owners of several of the businesses around here, and they know me by name when I walk in the door, and that was before I owned my own business. But now I've joined those business owners in being part of the community, and I'm and i can see how they network together to support each other and not be in competition and i'm really proud to be part of that small business in south durham i've joined the durham chamber the raleigh chamber i've felt the same energy from all these different business owners they're they're open to talking to you mentoring you telling you their struggles telling their you the wins um i just feel like i'm in a really great place to have opened a business and so i think that's been the most rewarding that um,
1: can i can i jump in yeah so that is i mean if i go back and listen to the last 40 episodes on this podcast i've probably said a dozen times or more that is one of my favorite parts about living here is the collaborative entrepreneurial network you know it's it's rare for me to bump into somebody that is is uh closed off or competitive to somebody in definitely in a different uh um, uh, realm or different, um, uh, you know, business, but even if they're quote unquote competitors, I see so many people that are very, very supportive and helpful, um, in this community in the triangle community. And that blows me away. Like, I love that part about it. I'm glad you recognize that too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I see it all over, you know, it's just in our shopping center, in other places, you know, when I did my grand opening, I tried to do a a raffle that included gifts from like different businesses and anybody that I came to ask was more than happy to give a gift card and a gift basket and even put flyers out for my grand opening. You just don't see that anywhere. Um, But yeah, I'm really, really excited to be part of um, that small business um, group, but, you know. on, on the flip side of that, if we look inside the store and you're talking about what's your your best part is, whenever somebody feels empowered to use the power tools, when they do it for the first time and they're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of fun. Next thing you know, they're like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, okay, slow down. <laughs> but they get really excited about their project and what they've made. Um, it just makes it more approachable. So people aren't afraid to pick up something and, and, and do it themselves as opposed to paying somebody else to come in and do it for you. You can do that. You know, I, I just, I love that, that piece of it, even with kids that they feel a little more empowered now that they've tried it and done it and they can see the results of it.
1: The, um, the thing I'm, I, I so I'm not very handy. The joke around our house too is, you know, like, you know, if I'm going to start something, you know, at what point am I actually going to call the professional in? Like I'll, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things. I've changed out my microwave, I've changed out my dishwasher. I've put on a screen door. I've done all these things that should take one person about 30 minutes. They take me six, seven hours easily, but (laughs) I've powered through some of them. But I remember a couple Christmases ago, I wanted to make something and, um, I had some pallets, I had some wood pallets in the garage and, uh, I decided to make this, um, it was way too big and it was terrible but i was really i was really proud after i made it and i used tools and i'm not much of a tool kind of guy Um, but i made this thing where i had these uh wood palette things together and um, i stenciled on it um merry mail and i had a clothesline that came across it back and forth a few different ways with clothespins on it and we hung our christmas cards on it that we received every year for a number of years and we would bring it out when we brought out our christmas direct, direct decorations come on speak And uh, I would hang that on the wall and it was, I was really proud to have it up there. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it looked like a, you know, a four-year-old made it, but um, I remember, I remember the joy of like, okay, I used tools and I made this thing and I put it out. And I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty bad.
2: (laughs) But, you know, it's the experience of doing it that I think is what people will remember. You know, we had a family come in, it was right before new year's. Um, her family was from New Jersey. His family was up near Ohio. And they were all coming to this area to celebrate the new year together. And uh, they came in to do DIY. And it was so cool to see them all come together. And, you know, they were proud of what they made. But it was the experience of them all being together using power tools and then having like almost like a souvenir from you know a great experience and they all took that home wherever home is but they'll always remember that time together and i think that's what we're trying to create at nailed it is an experience-based place i mean you could come in with for like a girl's night but you could bring the family in you could do celebrate birthdays that way or a retirement or a family reunion. Um, so it just gives people a space to come together and create really great memories.
1: So when people come in and they, and they're making something, they choose something to make, are they all making the same thing or can they make, do they make different things or what's that look like?
2: so you can make whatever you like. There are hundreds of designs online and they come in certain wood sizes. And so once you choose what you want to do, we get the order and we'll start prepping things. Now we also offer walk-in appointments. We have some some things we can whip right up, others you might we might need like 20 minutes to Prep it, but we'll sand the wood for you. We'll weed out the stencil. So when you walk in, we're ready to get started. You paint your base, you stencil it and paint. So you don't have to have any artistic ability either. We use stencils like you were saying you did for your um Christmas cards, but um whatever design you choose, you can use different techniques on the background, you can use different colors um, put handles on it. We have these nice round boards that you can paint, but you can put a lazy Susan and then it becomes something functional at home. So a lot of different options.
1: Okay. So now what's the biggest challenge since you've been, you know, opening and now that you've been open for a year now, what, uh, what's your biggest challenge?
2: You know, it's knowing all of what I offer and hear people say, Oh, that's such a great idea. And I feel like I'm really onto something here. Right. But then I don't have appointments coming in and Mm. I'll have like a, you know, a dead couple of days and it just feels kind of depressing. So I think it's more getting the word out is telling people what we do and understanding we don't do fingernails and toenails and manicures, but we are (laughs) Mm -hmm. and hammer kind of DIY, um, just getting the word out. Yeah. Telling people about it. And, uh, I feel like I'm doing all that I can and it's not enough, but I just keep trying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that, and I think that's probably one of the the struggles that most entrepreneurs, especially yeah. when they first get open, um, are struggling with. But I think that you're plugged into the right community, and you've got a supportive group of people around there. Plus, you're now doing this podcast, which reaches like <laughs> eight trillion people every episode. So, I mean, like, get ready, Floodgates I'm going to
2: open the floodgates.
1: Get ready, get ready. Uh, yeah.
2: No, I'm I do think.
1: I do think you're onto something and it sounds like a great idea and i think it is about exposure and i think it's about time i also think that just overall you know the, the 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 timing of coming out of this covid pandemic and a lot of i believe commercial businesses are are having some challenges right now there's a lot of there's a lot of people that um i mean are struggling you know financially layoffs uh, all sorts of things but i think what you offer is is, is unique. I've never even heard of it before you and I met. And I think it's um, it's just a matter of time. So I'm, I'm excited yeah, for you. you.
0: Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Sure. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, your life here in the triangle. And you've been here for, you know, what'd you say, 22 years?
2: 21, yep. 21
1: years. And, uh, you know, other than the business, take the business aside, why do you still stay here? Like, what about this area keeps you and your family here?
2: Oh, You know, that's a deep question. Um, (laughs) We have found our tribe. I know that uh, I've heard this over and over, but you know, when they say, you know, your family, your tribe, the people around you, they can be friends that aren't family or related to you that help you in times of need. You celebrate the wins and the losses. I feel like we've found our tribe, Um, but it's a lot of different people. You know, It's through church that my kids have found their tribe (laughs) um, and their support systems. They also have friends from school. Um, I think that's what keeps us here the most is just the people that we've met that have been so open and accepting of all the differences. I have a son who has some special needs and he's welcome and they understand him and they support him and protect him um, and guide him too. And same with my daughter. Um, so I think that's, that's what keeps us here. The people they've, it's just, it's home now and it has been for quite a while.
1: And that's the best answer. I mean, it really is. It's not about, you know, the climate and I mean, it is, it's about all the things, the climate, the parks, the, the, the restaurants, all the things, but it's about the people. It's about, it's about the relationships. It's about the tribe. It's something that I believe passionately about and that people, when they find their people that's that's where they stay and that's where they get those connections and so i love giving our listeners an opportunity to hear from people like yourself where they can hear your story and and and, in about your business but really it's about who you are as a person and people can connect to you that are are looking for their tribe when i moved here 16 17 years ago i didn't know anybody i knew one person i knew one person that lived here and there wasn't a way to get a feeling for this area or to to get a head start on meeting people or building relationships back then other than just getting here and you know sort of rolling the dice and getting plugged in and and so i think through this podcast we give people an opportunity to to start those connections earlier that i think will help people build those relationships and then it'll help our area continue to grow and be a thriving collaborative place for others that we can welcome yeah Yeah. oh well that that was a great answer thanks for thanks for telling me that Um, you know, when you and I were getting ready to, this is way off topic, but it just caught my eye. I was looking at my notes for a second. And when you and I first were setting up this podcast, I was asking you some questions and some things to share with me just so we could, you know, not have a lull in the conversation, which we clearly have not, by the way. So thank you for, (laughs) thank you for chatting with me. But, um, at one point you mentioned that, uh, you're a fan of the TV show naked and afraid. Is that right?
2: Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed
1: so is my seven-year-old Oh, <laughs> obsessed. really? obsessed we he's a big time both our kids we homeschool we uh we mostly unschool we do a lot of uh survival teaching we do a lot of uh you know cooking and uh relationship building and things but most of the school day is spent outside in nature and, and he's obsessed with that show um. i want to hear i want to hear why you are
2: Oh, so I just started watching this. Um, it was on on TV and I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, somebody trying to survive. They, so the idea of the show is that, you know, you get 21 days out in the wild, but you, and, and you get like two survival tools, like a pot and a knife or something, you know? And they give you 21 days to go out and just live in the wild. You catch your own food. And it's two people, by the way, just two people. And sometimes your partner doesn't make it, so you do it alone. But I am just... I am in awe of the mental fortitude that it takes to survive that long and sometimes alone with the weather. You don't have any clothes. That's why they call it naked. Um, and wildlife, that's the afraid part because you've yeah. got to protect yourself not only from the elements, but the predators that are out there too, because now you're food. <laughs> yeah. simply at the top of the food chain, you've kind of been downplayed a little bit. Um, so that, just the mental you have to be in the right mental state to be able to do something like that. But physically you have to, you, ha- you can't be like real skinny and go out there. Cause these people are starving and like, they really don't, don't do well. You got to pack on some pounds, get used to walking around without shoes on, um, being cold. Uh, you got to know how to start a fire, build a shelter, hunt, forage, all those things. And it just, I was just in awe that people could push their mental capacity and physical ability to survive 21 days. And this is without anything. And I'm just like, if they can do it. And in my mind, I'm just like, okay, one day when the apocalypse comes, I know what, how to build a shelter. <laughs> I don't at all of them.
1: <laughs> you know what, not even that. I mean, yes, when that happens uh, 100%, you're gonna have some skills. <laughs> but think about this, here's, here's where my brain goes, cause I, I just can't help it. But think of the an- analogy or the metaphor, I don't know what the right word is, between that naked and afraid experience in in what it's like to start and open your own business. Tell me there's not similarities between being naked, you know, very, very vulnerable, all on your own, not a lot of skills, not a lot of tools, and afraid, and starting your own business and surviving. That's where my head goes. And when you told me about that, and then when you just started telling that story, I'm like, that's opening a business.
2: Yeah, I guess it is. I never thought about it that way, but you're so right. Yeah, there's so many... Um, again, you have to be in the right mental state, right? Am I ready to do this? Am I all in? Can I survive the ups and the downs? Packing on the pounds—that's
1: a little bit of a safety net, I think, with your That's bank right. account, with some things. Absolutely, like that. yeah.
2: Well, you know, right now they have um, naked and a framed last man standing. They've never done a competition before. Now they'll do uh, XL versions where, like, you get the best of the best, and you got to survive 45 days, right? Um, but they've never done a competition. So this is the first time they've offered the show where the last man standing wins $100,000. And it's the best of the best. They picked like, what was it, 16 or 20? I forgot how many people started. But they picked these very seasoned um, survivalists to survive together and the last man standing wins. And the 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 drama happening within the groups is just really interesting right now. So if anybody's a fan out there and you know Jeff, Jeff, it just... I he makes me cringe and, and, you know, make a fist every time he comes on. I'm just like, that's not the way to play the game, but he's a strategist and he wants to win. So he's got, again, it's mindset and that's where he's setting himself apart. Everybody else is doing it together. And I get that. And there's people who are hating on Jeff, but Jeff is playing the game and this one is a game. So I'm anxious to see if anybody comments, whenever they hear this podcast, and they're like, Oh my gosh, Jeff. And, uh, give some feedback, but, um, Right, yeah, my family. Now it's a family thing. Every Sunday night, eight o'clock, we got the TV on. We are glued, um, all four of us, and it's it's great conversation for the next day at dinner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch some of those because we watch all the we're we're like on delay watching all the streaming episodes on like Hulu or wherever they are, and so I have no idea what's happening currently. I'm still watching episodes from like six years ago. Oh, okay, they're all good though. Yeah. I love it. And and now I feel either really dumb or really smart for making the, the reference to entrepreneurship. But I think there's something mm-hmm. there. And it's probably part of maybe why you uh, you're really drawn to it, because I think maybe there's some similarities there. Um, well, I've I've loved the conversation. And I really want to ask you kind of one final question. And if you had some people that were coming to visit for the weekend that they were thinking about maybe moving to the triangle, and they wanted to get a feeling what it was like, like, in in two days, say 48 hours, maybe a full weekend, Um, What are some things you would do with them or some places you would send them to to get a feeling of what it's really like to live here? Like, what are some of your favorite things to do? And maybe what direction would you point them in?
2: Okay, we're going to go in three different directions. Okay, But first, it can be anywhere. In the triangle, you have the best barbecue.
1: Mm. what's your favorite do you have a favorite can you say it
2: eastern north carolina barbecue from uh, backyard barbecue pit on highway 55
1: that's that is you know what i don't know if anybody said it on here but i constantly hear about that place i need to get there
2: it's excellent and it's just down the street from my my store anyway she does an excellent job of making um the pulled pork um brisket there are a couple of different places i would say you could try for that but have (laughs) you been
1: to prime barbecue
2: in nightdale no i haven't been there it's a little far but yeah. It
1: it is, but if I'm willing to go to Highway 55 for uh-huh. for backyard, you got to try out Prime in Nightdale. It. It's the best brisket I've ever had in my entire life. Oh. And if you're listening from Texas, which I know some of you are, it's better than Texas brisket. Oh, yeah. I will I will say it and oh. prove me wrong.
2: Okay. Well, that, that sounds like a challenge then. Cause I'll have yeah. to go and try it. I love brisket and Lawrence's is pretty good. So they have a place in Boxyard at RTP. Um, but Q shack also has a great brisket. They have locations in Raleigh and Durham. Okay. So definitely need to try barbecue, whether you like the sweet stuff or the Eastern Carolina, sorry. Um, Then I would say you have to check out a Durham Bulls game so much, fun, so much to do in the American Tobacco District, Um, great food places, shopping. Um, And then I would say the basketball museum at UNC at the Dean Mm. Dome. Uh, Yeah, that's really cool. Are you a fan?
1: Are you a basketball fan?
2: You know, I do like UNC only because my husband graduated from law school there. I worked there, but then when my son was born with a lot of complications, he's had almost every surgery at UNC. So I can't help but support the Tar Heels. Sure. You know? Sure. and when you move here, you got to choose people. You, you can't can. say, "Oh, I like them both." That's not possible. It is not possible. Um, what and do you then- mean, them
1: both? There's three to choose from at least. Three.
2: Okay, so let. Well, from did you just
1: point- rule out? Did you just rule out state automatically? <laughs>
2: You know, did, that's funny because I like them. They're very similar to West Virginia fans. But because I live smack dab in the middle of Duke and UNC, I'm saying here in my area in my neighborhood, you really do have to choose. I There's hear you. no one way about it. But um, when it comes to football, really all eyes are on, on WVU, whether they have a good good season or not. But um we're still waiting on that WVU NC state uh rivalry to happen because it got canceled due to a hurricane before the wow. pandemic. That
1: sounds about right. <laughs> I'm yeah. guessing the hurricane wasn't in West Virginia.
2: No, no, it was here. So anyway, um, then the last thing I would say is uh, a visit to Pullen Park. That's one of my favorite places, you know, especially if it's a family that's coming to visit. The Durham Bulls is awesome. Um, You know, if you're a Duke or UNC fan, we always do driving tours of both campuses, but then the Basketball Museum. And then I would say Pullen Park and Raleigh because that just has everything for, for anyone. Um, and it's beautiful. So no
1: doubt we love that park. Oh, great, great, great suggestions. And now I'm hungry for some barbecues. So I think that's going to be on my plan for the rest of today. And, um, Michelle, I've just loved chatting with you. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing everything about, um, you, uh, and your new business and why you call the triangle home. But, um, before we go, I really want you to share with all the listeners where they can connect with you online and can learn more about your studio.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for having me because this is, you know, one more of those ways that like a connection became a meeting and then, hey, let's do this and other opportunities. So I appreciate that. And I look forward to coming to a Friday afternoon club event um, with your group, but I just haven't been able to make it yet. Yeah, No problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so nailed it. DIY studio is in Durham off Highway 55. Um, you can find us online at n- Durham naileditdiy.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at naileditdiydurham durham um, but check out our events or our projects scheduled time in the studio or just come by and check us out you can see our downdraft tables and test out a sander and uh, yeah get some ideas from the examples we have on our walls so we'd love to have you come in
1: I love it and we will get a Friday afternoon club scheduled there and we'll bring a group out there as well
0: that sounds awesome
1: All right, Michelle. And- Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast today. All right.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, please visit us at connectraleigh.com. The Connect Raleigh podcast connects you to the amazing people and places of Raleigh, North Carolina. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with our guests and with Chuck. Be sure to rate this podcast, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're currently listening, share it, and leave us a review. Thank you for connecting with Connect Raleigh.